Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. I sustain myself with the love of my family, Maya Angelo. Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to the Coffee Talk podcast today. I'm super excited to be doing another interview. Today I thought it would be really cool to actually interview my dad. Now Father's Day was just this past Sunday, so while I was visiting, we set up my podcast microphone, sat down, and I asked you guys on Instagram to send me in any questions you wanted to know from a dad's perspective, anything at all that you wanted to ask my dad. You guys wrote in so many amazing questions and we went through nearly all of them. So I am super excited excited and super honored to introduce my dad into the Coffee Talk podcast today. I hope you guys enjoy this little interview that we did. And if you guys want to see more people on the podcast, just let me know because yeah, I really enjoy bringing on new voices and hearing other people's perspective on all the different things in life. So without further ado, just stick around and you'll be able to hear the interview I actually did with my dad. Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to the Coffee Talk podcast for today. I'm going to be interviewing my dad. This is Kent. Dad, if you want to say hello. Hello. And it is actually Father's Day, the day that we're recording this, but I thought it would be really cool. I want to start bringing more people onto the podcast, and I figured, why don't we ask a dad all the questions that we would want to know from a dad's perspective? Anyways, hey, Dad, what's up? If you want to introduce yourself. I'm Kalen's dad. There it is, guys. Okay, so the first question comes in at, what is the best thing about being a dad and a parent? Hmm. It's actually watching your children grow into the people they become. <clears throat> I mean, all your kids are now adults, essentially. You know, Jake's the youngest, he's 21, but you're all, you've all developed into your own beings. And it, it gives no parent, it's unbelievable pride to watch your, watch your kids become good people. You know, not just be successful at what they do, but to be good people, kind to people, and thoughtful and empathetic. 
and look at the world outside just their own perspective. So when you see that in your children, it's, uh, it gives you a lot of gratitude. It gives you a lot of pride. Because you really hope, as your kids get older, and when they become adults, that they're better adults than you are. You always want your kids to do better. So if you can give them a, a solid foundation for that type of uh, behavior, being kind, empathetic, and they take it to the next step, then, then you've done your job. That's a really good answer. Ooh, okay. So Rachie Marie One wants to know, what is the hardest part about raising daughters? Well, <laughs> I have both perspectives, so this does make it a little bit easier. I think the biggest thing about raising daughters is when they're little, uh, as opposed to your brother, who is much more hands-on as a toddler, as a young child. He, he was much more physical. You girls were much easier to amuse yourselves with coloring. I mean, giving your brother crayons usually end up on a wall, but giving it to you girls, just, you know, I, I could trust you on your own when you're little. Things change when you all become teenagers. <laughs> and then you spend most of your time as a father trying to figure out what you've done, said, what you're doing wrong, or what's going on. Uh, and, and I think at those times, you just kind of have to step back and be there when you're needed. Obviously, you still have the expectations you want of all your children, you know, boys or girls. But as teenagers, you know, as a father, you really are out of the loop of what's happening. And you just try and be there when, when you're needed and protect. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like I feel like men and women would react differently when we, they become teenagers. Everybody goes through puberty and then has their... I feel like I had my moody phase. But you were really good at kind of creating space for both mine and my sister Kira's moodiness while still letting us know that you were there if you needed us, well, you if to, we needed you. Because I have no idea what's going on. So yeah. it's, it's <laughs> how many times I heard, you know, the, the computer, the family computer, you know, time to get off the computer. You just don't understand and slam, you know. And it's like, what, don't I, what do you mean I don't understand? Yeah. You're right. It's because we also didn't understand. Yeah. We just had all these emotions but yeah. didn't understand. Yeah. So you did well. <laughs> what is something everyone should know about owning a vehicle? A vehicle? Yeah. I guess a dad's advice. A dad's advice. Dad's advice about when... I mean, it's funny because you were with me when I got my vehicle, first yeah. vehicle. I mean, vehicles nowadays are a lot more... Com complicated than they used to be but I think the biggest thing is to keep up in the maintenance even if you're not savvy when it comes to vehicles or working on them but if you keep up with your oil changes and all the maintenance that you're supposed to you, your vehicle will treat you right this is a good question as a dad oh, yeah, what do you women. think is important for young women to know um, that respect is not something that you need to earn it's given women in particular um, females there's a certain there's a certain level of respect that need to be need to be given. If you're not given that right off the hop by men, women as well, but mainly by men, if you're just getting into a relationship, you're not feeling like you're valued or an equal. You need to run. So it's respect. You need to. You don't earn it. You're given it in the beginning of that. If you're not with somebody that treats you as an equal, as a full person, then you know respect goes a long way in that. I like that answer. I lost my dad, so I'd love to hear your dad's advice for trying to start my own business. The only advice I can give is, I mean, I'm not a business guy, but I think, you know, the more you, it's something I've told all three of you kids, the more you do now, the less you need to do later. So whatever work you need to put in now, be prepared to, to go in all the way. Do all your research. 
to, you know, ask people that are already in the business that you want to get into, research, uh, talk to uh, accountants, talk to people, depending on what the business is, if you're opening a small cafe, talk to servers, what they like at the places that they've worked and, and bosses and people that they've worked for. I think the biggest thing is just research it until you, and, and if you're getting into a situation where you are a server and you're looking at opening up your own coffee shop or something like that, I'm just pulling things out of the air, then um, you know a lot of those answers. So what you don't know is what you need to find out and, and what the pitfalls are and how to protect yourself financially in the long run if it doesn't work out. But don't be afraid to shoot high because you know, you're better off shooting high and not making it than shooting low and settling. So whatever That's it is, great advice. Just you, you need just to do the work. Time for me to go do some research. <laughs> what did you do to encourage your daughter to be unique? I feel like you actually would have a lot, really good answer to that because you always encouraged us to be unique. I think, um, you know, a, a trap of being a parent, especially fathers, it seems more than, than, I don't know, I shouldn't say that either. It can happen with parents in general. Um, you have a tendency to want to create your child in your own image, what you think is best for them based on your life and what you want for them. I mean, I know there's a lot of uh, parents that, you know, that their, their children, even as young adults, they resent them because they think their parents are overbearing and dominating. And you need to understand that that is coming from a, a place of love. It's coming from a place of wanting you to be safe. And it's a very hard thing to do for a parent to step back and let your child develop the way they want to develop. Um, obviously, there needs to be expectations of, of how you live life and, and whatnot, but it's, it's not hurting anybody. And you, you want to explore whatever, then the best way to support is give the space. Just give space and let them, and be there, be supportive, even mm -hmm. if you don't understand it. And if you don't understand as a parent, ask. That's, that's so true. I feel like I remember being a kid and you always kind of pushing us to do our own thing creatively, even if it was so different. Like you went to all of my cheer competitions mm -hmm even though I'm going to take a wild guess that cheerleading was not a high, like not something you were super interested in, but you always made it seem like, oh, if you're into it, like explore it and I'll be there to support you. It's a funny thing as a parent though, once your child gets interested in something, if you're engaged and connected with your child, you be instantly become completely engulfed in it. You become completely interested. At least that was for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you were always really unique, too, because you were always doing your own side hobbies, which yeah. also taught us that it's okay or it's cool to kind of explore your own interests outside of even just school or outside of what your friends are doing. You know, the, the older you get, the more labels you get on you. I mean, you're a child, you're a child, you're a teenager, you're a teenager that plays hockey. As you get older, you get more and more labels. So, so just because you get to a point where you're, you're married and you're now a husband and then you have children and now you're a father, it doesn't mean you lose other aspects of your life, other aspects of who you are as a person, because you still need that to develop your own personality, because no matter how old you are, um, you, you should never stop trying to grow. Yeah. So Children learn way more of how you live your life, as opposed to what you tell them. It's, it's so just, true. It's just the way it is. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. <laughs> 
I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I How do you help your children deal with anxiety? Yeah, that's a toughie. Um, I think everybody deals with anxiety differently. I think as young children, you know, I think that's where the extracurricular activity after school, soccer, baseball, whatever it is, it's a great release for children. It's also a great way for chil- children to connect with other people outside their family unit. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, helping with anxieties because you learn to trust other people. And you also learn how to navigate through different personalities. Um, anxiety is seems to be way more rampant now than, than I remember when I was younger. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the explosion of the internet and YouTube and, and all these social medias because you're constantly comparing yourself to somebody even if you don't know you are you are mm-hmm. so and I think what happens is you look at somebody and and you think oh, oh I'm nowhere near as good as that person and you wind up full of self-doubt so I think a family unit you know close family support good friend support when I say family it doesn't have to be the conventional family whatever your family is whatever you fit and you feel safe I think that's really important when it comes to anxieties then, you know, if you need outside help, if you need to go to uh, to a counselor or a psychiatrist, don't be afraid. And I think that's something that's changed over the years since we were younger, is that people are more willing to go down that road. But at the end of the day, no matter who you go to, the work has to be done by you. And you have to try and self-identify where it started, how it started. But I think... For young children, I think if they're included in a lot of of activities that forces them to be outside the family unit and learn to communicate with other people and and relate to them, I think that helps with an anxiety, especially nowadays, like I said, when you get into this lifestyle that you're you're constantly comparing yourself to who's out there. It's interesting you say that too, because in doing any kind of extracurricular, even if you're not in school anymore, Mm -hmm. that also takes you off the internet. It takes you, it puts you in a more physical interactions with other people rather than digital interactions which is where a lot of the anxiety I agree I think a lot of the anxiety that comes in these gener- like the generations that are coming up now including my own is being so tapped into what everybody else is doing and it's not just the comparison it's also how easy it is for people not just social media by text whatever they can be mean yeah and it's a very safe way to 
to absolutely unload on somebody and be nasty without having to see them face to face. And, you know, certain people, depending on their personality, it impacts them. Mm-hmm. And, and then they carry it. And, and, you know, and then if that becomes that snowball effect where the, all of a sudden you have three or four people doing it, then, of course, what they're saying has to be true no matter what you think. So mm-hmm. I think it's that balance of anything. Uh, you know, social media is a great thing. I, I really, you know, when you just things, simple things like Facebook, of course, I'm older and that's one of the few I know how to manipulate myself around in. <laughs> but it allows you to reconnect with people you haven't seen in 30, 40 years, family members, uh, the DNA things that are happening out there, finding lost relatives. Or, I think these are all really positives, but just like anything, there's always a negative and it's how to mitigate those negative vibes that come from any of the other stuff and how to how to manage it and not let it internalize, which is not always easy to do. Oh, I'm going to follow it up with that question then. So what would be your advice then to somebody if they were to ask kind of how to not let the negative opinions of others impact your self-image, your self-worth? Again, it's, it's a complicated thing to do, but I, I think the simplest thing to do is surround yourself with people that are positive for you. You don't have to do it socially. If, if you're getting bombarded, maybe, you know, simple as blocking, that's not always easy. So I think it's for all those negative, find the, the people that truly care about you, truly love you, truly support you. Those are the people you need to turn to when you're feeling it and that you can have conversations that make you feel better about yourself. And it doesn't have to be anything even more than sitting in a room with people that you feel safe with, that you love, that love you, and watching a show. Yeah. So it, it doesn't have to be anything in depth. It just puts yourself in a, in a feel-good place, a safe place. I think that's, that's the only thing you really can do. A caring environment, really. Yes. Ooh, this is cool. Yellow Batgirl wants you to describe the moment that you first felt like a dad. Probably so many moments. Yeah, there, there is. I mean, nothing takes away when you first hold your child. I mean, that, that moment, you know, it's, it's, it changes you, mm-hmm. you know. And I've been fortunate to feel it three times. And uh, none of them are, are the same. You're in a different place in your life as your children are born. So it's the same feeling but different. I don't mm-hmm. know how to explain it any other way. I mean, you, you get that sense of, you know, optimism and sense of responsibility and, uh, and endless possibilities that this little person can bring to your life, to the world but to your life in particular. So I think to me, it's the minute I held each of you, it, it had that impact. That, right. Yeah. Another common question that I, I saw was people asking how your life changed when you did become a dad. Like, how did you change? And did parts of you, like, were there things you had to give up, things that you didn't? Like, how did you change in general in taking on the new role of fatherhood? Uh, nothing, I wouldn't say anything I didn't have to give up anything. It just—it it was an innate, um, <clears throat> it was an innate feeling that my priorities have now changed. Mm-hmm. So I didn't give up things. I just—it was things that weren't important as they used to be. You know, partying with your friends, it. whatever. It became, you know, it's not that I didn't go out and see my friends and hang out once in a while, but it wasn't—it wasn't as important because your life had changed. So, you know, I never had to give up. Never gave up music. Never gave up my sports. I still had my own identity. I still did things that made me feel good, 
but it was was easy to put it in priority when you have a little person. Yeah. You know, for me, that's how it, how it was. So I never felt I had to give up anything. I just had it. Yeah. Someone's curious to know how they can get closer to their dad, which might be hard because I know every dad is different. But in your opinion, what would be a good way to build the relationship with people's dads? You know, I've I seen that question a few times than once you, you sent me earlier. You know, without knowing all the circumstances, you know, all things being equal, I think you have to start with the simplest of things. Every conversation, every text, I love you. Mm -hmm. You know, open up those doors. If you have a thought of, of a memory you had with your father when you were little and how good it made you feel, tell him. Now, you may never get the response that you're looking for, and you have to be prepared for that, but it's not about him. It's about uh, it's about you. And you have to understand that everybody has their life experiences. And, you know, so that molds you to a certain way to deal with emotions and not deal with emotions. And so I think the best thing I can tell you is just know that your father does love you. He's doing the best he can. But the reality is his, his life his life has just made him the way he is. And I think the only way, if you do those little steps, the little I love you, the little stories, you know, call him up, Dad, do you want to, what are you doing? Do you want company? You know, whatever it is, make them small. Mm -hmm. And maybe that starts to open up a path of more in-depth conversations. Don't look for everything at once. And, and be prepared that it might not ever change. And you have to accept that. Um, but I think the thing... The most important thing I can tell you is I, I know your father loves you. So above all, if you were in trouble, he would be there. Mm -hmm. So basically creating almost like micro habits of vulnerability, which yes. is Any takes courage. Yeah, absolutely. And Put yourself out there and, 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 and be prepared that it doesn't go the way you envisioned and be okay with that. Yeah, because it's sometimes not as easy, I think, especially for men in particular, not to generalize, but especially if people are looking to work on a relationship with their dads, it's usually very easy, I think, for daughters to relate really well with their mothers, but a lot of the times, maybe men aren't as good as being at being vulnerable or it's not as accepted, so mm -hmm. there's always kind of, again, I'm generalizing, but that I, because you're not like this at all, but that idea that, like, the father needs to be, like, the yeah. the cold, hard, like, layer of the law or, like, whatever it is, and, and maybe it's not as easy to show love because you're not seeing it, but maybe that little bit of vulnerability, like you said, might make it easier for the for their dad to do the same, and if not... Your relationship with your parents and your parents' relationship with you, to a large degree, is very one-dimensional. Mm -hmm. You're the child, and I'm, I'm, it's easy to protect you. I know what I have to do mm -hmm. to keep you safe, and I know I say something, the expectation is you are to listen. And as a child, you look at your parents, because that is where you the world is viewed your world is viewed through them. Mm -hmm. So as you get older, it's when you start to realize that like all people, parents are complex individuals and you become more complex. So that can put, you know, knuckleballs into relationships. And, 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 you know, a person is very rigid. They may not accept what's happening. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, if you're saying those little things, love your dad or just a, you know, a quick phone call or a text, I miss you, whatever. In his world, he's still needed. Mm -hmm. And that may help open that, those lines of communication a bit better.
is a cute question. How do you tell your dad that you have a boyfriend if you've never talked to him about boys before? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. Well, I mean, I can just tell you from my experience with my daughters, because I was probably one of the last to know. And I think there was always that fear of what I would think. I mean, especially if you're a young teen, you're just getting into the dating world. The last person in the world you want to disappoint and the last person in the world that you want not to like your boyfriend is your father. And uh, so I think, I think you got to hit a head on. You just got to <laughs> go. Dad, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> just, Dad, I got something I need to talk to you about. And uh, it may be awkward. It may be uncomfortable. But the more of those conversations, because guaranteed this won't be your first or your last boyfriend. So the, the more you have these conversations and the more you talk about not just dad, I have a boyfriend, but talk about the relationship. Have him talk about what he thinks of relationships. Because you may get some insight on how, why your boyfriend is complete, you know, he's selfish. Why is he selfish? Well, he's 15 years old. He doesn't know anything else. Right. You know, you can get that type of advice from a father. Right. That you, would, you might not get from a mother. So, again, the conversation's never going to be easy, but you just got to have it. I have another question to follow that up that somebody else asked that I think kind of fits into this nicely. So they're asking about the fact that their parents or their dad in particular isn't supportive of their boyfriend. So like what to do in that kind of situation, which again, I know is hard because you don't know the circumstances surrounding yeah, it's, it's, it, but it's difficult because, and, and, and you don't know how, I don't know how old you are. Yeah. And, and she level? seems based on the way she asked her a question. I think she might be a little older. Oh, okay. So maybe it's more so somebody like, let's say I had a boyfriend that you maybe didn't like. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate that situation? Well, I think as the parent or as the father, you have to accept whoever your children, who comes into their life. You have to, there's nothing, or you're going to lose them. That mm -hmm. is, that's the end result. Now that doesn't mean if there's abuse, physical, or any kind of abuse. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, natural instinct from a father is that I'm going to go kick the crap out of this guy <laughs> and teach him a lesson, but you can't go there either because then you're just creating more mayhem. But there are avenues and ways that you can protect your daughter without being directly involved. Right. And if, if it means getting authorities involved or whatever, you know, that being aside, if it's just, just because your father and him just don't have a connection, I think, you know, if you're a young adult, it's your life. I say, Dad, I love you. I don't, you know, I want you to respect my decisions and how what I choose and who I choose in my life. Right. It doesn't mean I love you any less, but I really would hope that you would respect my decisions, that you would do your best to not make the situation uncomfortable for anybody. Yeah. Because that's what you would expect of me. That's true. And also, too, it's like if, if that relationship doesn't end up working out, that, like, your family's still always going to be there. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, yes, I'm my own adult. Like I need you to respect my decisions, but also if it doesn't work out, you're still going to be there. Right? Like yeah. that kind of support system of like, like we were already talking about, let them, let your children kind of be who they are, but also you're there to catch them if they fall. Yeah. So this is an interesting question. Someone wants to know what you wish your daughters or kids in general knew when they were younger and were just starting to date. What do I wish they knew? Yeah. Like, what's, some, what's a piece of wisdom to young folk out there that are dating? It's impossible to tell anybody who's young and falling in love for the first few times anything. But if it's possible, try not to lose yourself mm -hmm. in a relationship. Don't make it 
become the absolute reason you breathe in every day. Yeah. Don't give up on basketball or, or knitting or whatever it is that makes you you just for the relationship. Because it's easy to get lost, and especially the first few times because it's such an adrenaline rush. So, and, and don't forget, you still have a family. And don't forget, your parents not be, they're going to put up boundaries and they're going to have expectations. And, and you still need to respect that, mm -hmm. no matter how much in love you are. And, you know, just as a follow-up, when you go through that first couple or first heartbreak, it is no less painful than somebody who's been married for decades and goes through a breakup. I'm a firm believer when you're hurting from a failed relationship, it doesn't matter what age, you, everybody suffers. Yeah. So is this puppy love thing, I'm, I've never been a proponent of thinking, well, you'll get over it, don't worry about it. You don't because you're still hurting and it doesn't matter how old you are. But I think at the end of the day, if you can put your priorities with the relationship in your life, which is virtually impossible to do. But if you can, try and keep that perspective on it. I think you'll, it's the best thing for you. Yeah, it's really good advice. This is a good question. Paige.Delight wants to know, what is something you never want your daughter to forget? I'll say daughters. I do have a sister, so every time you guys hear daughter, I, I should... Oh, I don't want her to forget she has siblings. <laughs> yeah, so what's something that you don't want your daughters to forget? Uh, or even kids in general? They're loved. That's you a know, great answer. You know, just just know you're loved mm -hmm. by the people around you. It's a really good answer. Here, Dad, actually, I'll hand the phone over to you and I'll let you pick a couple more questions because right. I feel like I've been picking them. I know one is, I know one that I've seen was memories of you when you were little. Yeah. Yeah, do you got any good ones? I, I have a lot. I think, <laughs> you know, a couple that jump in mind, but I think the one thing that I remember the most about Kaylin, when she was little, and she always, always was a person that beat to her own drum. She, she was always being her own little person. And that developed at a very young age, and and she was also very um, protective. I remember when Jake was born. Um, Karen and Kaylin shared a bunk bed in, in in the one room, and we had the crib in the room for Jake when he was a, uh, an infant. And I'd wake up in the mornings and, and Kaylin would have taken her blankets and her pillow and slept underneath her brother's crib just in case he needed her. Yeah. And she's always had that maternal uh, protective side to her. Um, but she'd also go to school dressed in you know, leopard, leopard skin pillbox hats with, a, you know... It was Dalmatian print. Oh, Dalmatian print. <laughs> and there was a matching skirt. Yeah, it was. There was a skirt and it went with her little, you know, uh, fake Doc Martens. I mean, she was as cute as a button, no question about it. But, I mean, just show you the difference in children, Kira or Jake, that wasn't their style. They would, they were much more concerned of fitting in where Kaylin, she just kind of went about her business the way she did. And, and uh, it was something she had very early on. Interesting. When you started, I mean, you notice these things more when, your children get into school. You start to see other parts of the personality because they're interacting with others. With others, so. yeah. It's interesting because it's like as soon as a kid goes to school, that's the first time they're really being introduced to people outside of their circle yeah. that they've grown up with. So, which was pretty much you guys and Nana and Papa. Yeah. Oh, this is a good question because I feel like this is something you actually taught me. 
This comes from Florib6 saying, I want to know how to play the guitar. Do you have any recommendations for solo teaching? So for teaching yourself, which you also did. You yeah. taught yourself. Uh, again, um, YouTube. It's phenomenal. I still use YouTube. If I'm learning a song, you know, as I get older, I call it becoming more efficient, but it's probably being lazy. I just go to YouTube and find somebody that's doing it. So YouTube is an incredible tool to learn everything from playing guitar to you know, fixing your exhaust. So that would be a good place to start. There's always really good teachers you can find in wherever you uh, wherever you live. But I, I think if you have a, a real motivation to learn something, if you really want to, um, and you have a level of aptitude for it, you'll be able to pick it up fairly quick between just hearing things. You know, when I was younger, I didn't have YouTube. And I didn't take guitar lessons, but I used to watch my dad when he played. And I would watch what he was doing, and I would figure it out on my own. But I, I just recommend YouTube. I just yeah. really do. There's just so many, so many places you can find to learn guitar, depending and, and different styles of music. You can learn uh, to play guitar in the style of music that you actually listen to, as opposed to when I was learning Three Bags Full. <laughs> you know, because you know, now I'm wanting to play you know the Beatles, and I'm going well, I'm, I'm learning this song. Yeah. But I know I can apply it there. Now you don't even have to do that. That's true. You've also learned a lot of Taylor Swift songs in my honor. Yes, talent is talent. <laughs> so I'll, I'll end the podcast on my own question. My question, especially just running off the theme of Father's Day, is what, do you, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned about life and about parenting from your own father? Oh, yeah, he was, he was a very stoic person. And he had a real quiet strength and you know <clears throat> you always try and, and look for the best qualities it's not that he was a perfect person I mean I'm not, not naive but his uh, the way he handled situations and I know you know he changed his lifestyle to make sure he was there for his family because his, his last you know 18 years he had a heart transplant and he had to make full changes which a lot of people at the same time that he went through it didn't and they passed away two three years then but his priorities changed he got a second chance and he didn't he didn't abuse it mm -hmm. and um, so that looking at second chances and not taking it for granted I think was a big one for him he never stopped being himself mm -hmm. I mean he was on stage playing at 73 years old, and six, you know, literally six, six weeks later, uh, four of which he was in the hospital, he passed away. So yeah. he, he lived his life. Him and and my mom, they were very much lived their life to the fullest right at the very end. You know, he, he had the heart transplant, he had cancer, he had kidney, uh, his kidney shut down, he had to go dialysis, and it never slowed him down. And I, and, and I think, um, you know, that was a different generation than mine, of course. But, uh, you know, one of the things I learned from him and my mother is, you know, dad chose to live and my mother kept him living. Mm -hmm. Because she was just the, the energetic bunny. She just, go, 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 go. And he never stopped keeping up. Mm -hmm. When he could have very easily, as we, you know, we realized near the end of his life, how that last year he was sick. Mm -hmm. He was really, really sick. Of course, we just thought, it's dad, it's papa. He always bounces back. He's invincible. Mm -hmm. You know, 
so when he did finally pass away, even though there was this one sense of me, it was a relief that, oh my God, he's not suffering anymore. But it was also a sense of shock, mm -hmm. as sick as he was, because he just always came back. He never stopped. And I think that's something that I think we all learned from him. Is he, he just he just never gave up mm -hmm. until it was physically not possible. And if there was anything left in the tank, he'd still be with us. It's so true. <laughs> and his, his body, just the vessel he was in, you know, it just it just couldn't hold the spirit anymore. Yeah. But you know, that being said, you know, the older I get, the more I start hearing, "Oh my God, you look like your father," <laughs> and and the things I see from you kids elements of him that you've learned by just being around him because mm -hmm. you got to remember when he got his heart transplanted you were an infant yeah jake wasn't even in the stars so the fact that we got that you know 19 20 years that you guys get to really know him and now i see elements of his imprint on you which is it's it's a sense of comfort especially when you start losing your parents yeah that you you have children that that, that bring out some of those elements that you're missing. Yeah, almost reflect that similar energy in back to you. Great answer. Okay, well, thank you, Dad, for coming on to the Coffee Talk podcast. Anytime. For answering all of the questions. Hopefully you guys got lots of, I'm sure they did, lots of nuggets of wisdom in today's <laughs> podcast. So If not, don't blame me. <laughs> and aside from that, I will talk to all of you guys in the next Coffee Talk podcast. Bye, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.